Part twenty one of Benjamin Britten Source Stories of Twelve Operas by Various Part twenty one The Turn of the Screw by Henry James Chapters eleven and twelve It was not till late next day that I spoke to Mrs. Gross the rigour with which i kept my pupils in sight making it often difficult to meet her privately and the more as we each felt the importance of not provoking on the part of the servants quite as much as on that of the children any suspicion of a secret flurry or that of a discussion of mysteries i drew a great security in this particular from her mere smooth aspect there was nothing in her fresh face to pass on to others my horrible confidences she believed me i was sure absolutely if she hadn't i don't know what would have become of me for i couldn't have borne the business alone but she was a magnificent monument to the blessing of a want of imagination and if she could see in our little charges nothing but their beauty and amiability their happiness and cleverness she had no direct communication with the sources of my trouble if they had been at all visibly blighted or battered she would doubtless have grown on tracing it back haggard enough to match them as matters stood however i could feel her when she surveyed them with her large white arms folded and the habit of serenity in all her look thank the lord's mercy that if they were ruined the pieces would still serve flights of fancy gave place in her mind to a steady fireside glow and i had already begun to perceive how with the development of the conviction that as time went on without a public accident our young things could after all look out for themselves she addressed her greatest solicitude to the sad case presented by their instructress that for myself was a sound simplification i could engage that to the world my face should tell no tales but it would have been in the conditions an immense added strain to find myself anxious about hers at the hour i now speak of she had joined me under pressure on the terrace where with the lapse of the season the afternoon sun was now agreeable and we sat there together while before us at a distance but within call if we wished the children strolled to and fro in one of their most manageable moods they moved slowly in unison below us over the lawn the boy as they went reading aloud from a story-book and passing his arm around his sister to keep her quite in touch mrs gross watched them with a positive placidity then i caught the suppressed intellectual creak with which she conscientiously turned to take from me a view of the back of the tapestry i had made her a receptacle of lurid things but there was an odd recognition of my superiority my accomplishments and my function in her patience under my pain she offered her mind to my disclosures as had i wished to mix a witch's broth and proposed it with assurance she would have held out a large clean saucepan this had become thoroughly her attitude by the time that in my recital of the events of the night i reached the point of what miles had said to me when after seeing him at such a monstrous hour almost on the very spot where he happened now to be i had gone down to bring him in 
choosing then at the window with a concentrated need of not alarming the house rather that method than a signal more resonant i had left her meanwhile in little doubt of my small hope of representing with success even to her actual sympathy my sense of the real splendour of the little inspiration with which after i had got him into the house the boy met my final articulate challenge as soon as i appeared in the moonlight on the terrace he had come to me as straight as possible on which i had taken his hand without a word and led him through the dark spaces up the staircase where quint had so hungrily hovered for him along the lobby where i had listened and trembled and so to his forsaken room not a sound on the way had passed between us and i had wondered oh how i had wondered if he were groping about in his little mind for something plausible and not too grotesque it would tax his invention certainly and i felt this time over his real embarrassment a curious thrill of triumph it was a sharp trap for the inscrutable he couldn't play any longer at innocence so how the deuce would he get out of it there beat in me indeed with the passionate throb of this question an equal dumb appeal as to how the deuce i should i was confounded at last as never yet with all the risk attached even now to sounding my own horrid note i remember in fact that as we pushed into his little chamber where the bed had not been slept in at all and the window uncovered to the moonlight made the place so clear that there was no need of striking a match i remember how i suddenly dropped sank upon the edge of the bed from the force of the idea that he must know how he really as they say had me he could do what he liked with all his cleverness to help him so long as i should continue to defer to the old tradition of the criminality of those caretakers of the young who minister to superstitions and fears he had me indeed and in a cleft stick for who would ever absolve me who would consent that i should go unhung if by the faintest tremor of an overture i were the first to introduce into our perfect intercourse an element so dire no no it was useless to attempt to convey to mrs gross just as it is scarcely less so to attempt to suggest here how in our short stiff brush in the dark he fairly shook me with admiration i was of course thoroughly kind and merciful never never yet had i placed on his little shoulders hands of such tenderness as those with which while i rested against the bed i held him there well under fire i had no alternative but in form at least to put it to him you must tell me now and all the truth what did you go out for what were you doing there i can still see his wonderful smile the whites of his beautiful eyes and the uncovering of his little teeth shine to me in the dusk if i tell you why will you understand my heart at this leaped into my mouth would he tell me why i found no sound on my lips to press it and i was aware of replying only with a vague repeated grimacing nod he was gentleness itself and while i wagged my head at him he stood there more than ever a little fairy prince it was his brightness indeed that gave me a respite 
would it be so great if he were really going to tell me well he said at last just exactly in order that you should do this do what think me for a change bad i shall never forget the sweetness and gaiety with which he brought out the word nor how on top of it he bent forward and kissed me it was practically the end of everything i met his kiss and i had to make while i folded him for a minute in my arms the most stupendous effort not to cry he had given exactly the account of himself that permitted least of my going behind it and it was only with the effect of confirming my acceptance of it that as i presently glanced about the room i could say then you didn't undress at all he fairly glittered in the gloom not at all i sat up and read and when did you go down at midnight when i'm bad i am bad i see i see it's uh, charming but how could you be sure i would know it oh i arranged that with flora his answers rang out with a readiness she was to get up and look out which is what she did do it was i who fell into the trap so she disturbed you and to see what she was looking at you also looked you saw while you i concurred caught your death in the night air he literally bloomed so from this exploit that he could afford radiantly to assent how otherwise should i have been bad enough he asked then after another embrace the incident and our interview closed on my recognition of all the reserves of goodness that for his joke he had been able to draw upon chapter twelve the particular impression i had received proved in the morning light i repeat not quite successfully presentable to mrs gross though i reinforced it with the mention of still another remark that he had made before we separated it all lies in half a dozen words i said to her words that really settle the matter think you know what i might do he threw that off to show me how good he is he knows down to the ground what he might do that's what he gave them a taste of at school lord you do change cried my friend i don't change i simply make it out the four depend upon it perpetually meet if on either of these last nights you had been with either child you would clearly have understood the more i've watched and waited the more i've felt that if there were nothing else to make it sure it would be made so by the systematic silence of each never by a slip of the tongue have they so much as alluded to either of their old friends any more than miles has alluded to his expulsion oh yes we may sit here and look at them and they may show off to us there to their fill but even while they pretend to be lost in their fairy tale they're steeped in their vision of the dead restored he's not reading to her i declared they're talking of them they're talking horrors i go on i know as if i were crazy and it's a wonder i'm not what i've seen would have made you so but it has only made me more lucid made me get hold of still other things my lucidity must have seemed awful but the charming creatures who were victims of it passing and repassing in their interlocked sweetness gave my colleague something to hold on by and i felt how tight she held as without stirring in the breath of my passion she covered them still with her eyes 
of what other things have you got hold why of all the very things that have delighted fascinated and yet at bottom as i now so strangely see mystified and troubled me their more than earthly beauty their absolutely unnatural goodness it's a game i went on it's a policy and a fraud on the part of the little darlings as yet mere lovely babies yes mad as it seems the very act of bringing it out really helped me to trace it follow it all up and piece it all together they haven't been good they've only been absent it has been easy to live with them because they're simply leading a life of their own they're not mine they're not ours they're his and they're hers quince and that woman's quince and that woman's they want to get to them oh how at this poor mrs gross appeared to study them but for what for the love of all the evil that in those dreadful days the pair put into them and to ply them with that evil still to keep up the work of demons is what brings the others back laws said my friend under her breath the exclamation was homely but it revealed a real acceptance of my further proof of what in the bad time for there had been a worse even than this must have occurred there could have been no such justification for me as the plain assent of her experience to whatever depth of depravity i found creditable in our brace of scoundrels it was in obvious submission of memory that she brought out after a moment they were rascals but what can they now do she pursued do i echoed so loud that miles and flora as they passed at their distance paused an instant in their walk and looked at us don't they do enough i demanded in a lower tone while the children having smiled and nodded and kissed hands to us resumed their exhibition we were held by it a minute then i answered they can destroy them at this my companion did turn but the inquiry she launched was a silent one the effect of which was to make me more explicit they don't know as yet quite how but they're trying hard they're seen only across as it were and beyond in strange places and on high places the top of towers the roof of houses the outside of windows the further edge of pools but there's a deep design on either side to shorten the distance and overcome the obstacle and the success of the tempters is only a question of time they've only to keep to their suggestions of danger for the children to come and perish in the attempt mrs gross slowly got up and i scrupulously added unless of course we can prevent standing there before me while i kept my seat she visibly turned things over their uncle must do the preventing he must take them away and who's to make him she had been scanning the distance but she now dropped on me a foolish face you miss by writing to him that his house is poisoned and his little nephew and niece mad but if they are miss and if i am myself you mean that's charming news to be sent him by a governess whose prime undertaking was to give him no worry mrs gross considered following the children again yes he do hate worry 
that was the great reason why those fiends took him in so long no doubt though his indifference must have been awful as i'm not a fiend at any rate i shouldn't take him in my companion after an instant and for an answer sat down again and grasped my arm make him at any rate come to you i stared to me i had a sudden fear of what she might do him he ought to be here he ought to help i quickly rose and i think i must have shown her a queerer face than ever yet you see me asking him for a visit no with her eyes on my face she evidently couldn't instead of it even as a woman reads another she could see what i myself saw his derision his amusement his contempt for the breakdown of my resignation at being left alone and for the fine machinery i had set in motion to attract his attention to my slighted charms she didn't know no one knew how proud i had been to serve him and to stick to our terms yet she none the less took the measure i think of the warning i now gave her if you should so lose your head as to appeal to him for me she was really frightened yes miss i would leave on the spot both him and you end of part twenty one